Hey there, welcome back. We are in session three, day three. This is part two. We are going to continue to talk about how the Holy Spirit worked mightily through the disciples. So here's the thing. Parenting in the power of the Holy Spirit isn't something we do. It's something that's done in us and through us. Consider again at what Peter said. We didn't do this in our own power or godliness. Only faith in Jesus can do this. With faith in Jesus comes the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit who works in us and through us to the glory of the Father. So soon after Peter's legendary sermon, Peter and John were seized and thrown in jail for the night. Meanwhile, the number of believers grew to about 5,000. Did this make Peter cower? We might expect it would, but it didn't. It only fueled him. The following day, Peter and John were questioned by the angry opposition. So if you have a chance, just read through, um, keep reading through Acts chapter 4. And we're going to kind of um, talk a little bit about what happens in that scripture today. So in your spare time, go ahead and read through Acts chapter 4. But as you read through the book of Acts, you'll notice how often Luke wrote the phrase, filled with the Holy Spirit or full of the Holy Spirit when writing about the acts of the disciples. This reminds us that the acts being accomplished weren't the acts of people. These were the acts of the Holy Spirit through very ordinary people, and the crowd was captivated by them because of who dwelt in them. The message paraphrase um, put, puts Acts 4, 13 through 14 this way. The crowd couldn't take their eyes off them. Peter and John standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. Their fashion, fascination deepened when they realized these two were laymen with no training in scripture or formal education. They recognized them as companions of Jesus. Companions of Jesus. Doesn't that have the sweetest sound? Oh, how I want my life to testify to my being in Jesus' company. Lord, let it be so. How can we be companions of Jesus today? A lot of us feel inadequate to teach our kids the gospel. Maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian home, like, like it's my case, where it was modeled for you so you don't have an example to emulate. Maybe you don't feel like you know the Bible well enough to teach it to your kids. What else, if anything, feels like a stumbling block to discipling your kids? When we read that Peter and John were two laymen with no training in scripture or formal education, what confidence can we gain from knowing the Holy Spirit who empowered them is the same Spirit who lives in us to help us disciple our kids, both in word and deed? Um, I'll say this. I think sometimes people who are um, trained, who have been through seminary and, and who have been through a lot of that theological training, I, I kind of feel like that hinders them in a way that they don't really go deep with the Holy Spirit. I see that, um, you know, just in pastors that I come in contact with and, you know, they are a lot like the Pharisees in that they... Um, kind of fall back on their own reasoning and their own training instead of just giving in to the Holy Spirit. 
And so they, anyway, that's just my two uh, sense about that. And we, we see that the disciples were not trained and they were not educated. And therefore, I think that God was able to use them more mightily because they didn't think that they knew more than than everyone else, you know. So Peter and John were ordinary men, but they had a, the extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit. How they lived their lives made the power of the Spirit irresistible to those who witnessed it. So now we're going to start talking about another disciple named Stephen. Um, Stephen was a follower of Jesus. He um, was full of the Holy Spirit, um, is what the scripture says. So as the disciples continued to preach the gospel with boldness throughout Jer Jerusalem, the charges against them continued to mount. So they were accused of seeking to abolish the Mosaic law and destroy the, the temple. So as a result, Stephen um, began you know, to preach the good news and he was seized. And, um, but then instead of, you know, recalling back, he begins to be super bold. And he makes this statement, uh, to the Pharisees. He says, you stiff necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy spirit. So he's basically calling them very stubborn people. And, you know, what do you think that Stephen meant when he said that they always resist the Holy Spirit? You know, I think that that means that they um, were resisting a move of the Holy Spirit and that they refused to see that Jesus Christ was the Lord and um, Savior because the Holy Spirit is the one who revealed Jesus as the Messiah. And for that reason, they blindly... Um, resisted that truth and what uh excuse me how might you be resisting the spirit we might not reject jesus as the righteous one or or persecute prophets but we're good at hushing the holy spirit and resurrecting idols of the heart that compete with our affection for our delight in god maybe it's netflix booze food approval or shopping Let's take a moment to ask God to reveal any idols that didn't come to mind when we assess whether we resist the Spirit. Now let's receive His forgiveness and ask Jesus, the resurrected one, to take His rightful place in our hearts. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to keep wooing our hearts back to Jesus by continu continually revealing the beauty of Jesus and reminding us He is better than all our false loves. And only by the power of the Spirit are we enabled to fight the substitutes we put in God's rightful place. Stephen's indictment infuriated the religious leaders, but Stephen didn't stop here. He continued to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness. So this is Acts chapter 7, uh, 55 through 56. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now I want you to notice what happens next. They covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragging him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. So, guys, 
they didn't want to hear this. They were so resistant to what um, Stephen was saying that they covered their ears and began to yell at the top of their voices so that they would not hear anything that he was saying. That is just crazy to me. Like, just crazy. And so they take him out and they stone him. And um, let's just keep reading um, what happens. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. When um, When he had said this, he fell asleep. So as Stephen, full of the spirit of glory, breathed his last breath, he prayed that the Father would forgive his persecutors like Jesus prayed the Father would forgive his persecutors when he was on the cross. And did you notice the name of the person that Stephen mentions when he was being stoned to death? It says, Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. (laughs) So in a dramatic moment, the camera pans over to Saul, who is watching this unfold, doing what he thinks is right in God's eyes. But it's not long until the Holy Spirit gets a hold of him, too. Yes, this is the same notorious Saul who was the relentless and barbaric persecutor of Christians. This is the same Saul who just two chapters later would have his own transformative experience with Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately proclaim Jesus in the synagogues. This is the same Saul who we now call Paul, who who penned most of what we'll read in the New Testament about the Holy Spirit. God is so creative and redemptive. So how does this empower my parenting? Do you know what that means for us today? Our past is no match for God's grace. If Saul, a self-proclaimed foremost of sinners, can be reconciled to God through Jesus, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and become one of the most influential instruments in spreading the gospel, then we never have to doubt if we can experience the same grace and power today in our lives and in our homes. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) It's so amazing to see how God works through the disciples with the power of the Holy Spirit and how we have a hope that He can and will do the same thing through us. I want to end this session with with a time of prayer. So let's go to the feet of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this time in your word, Lord, this time for you to teach us, to show us, to reveal to us the truth, Lord, the truth of your Holy Spirit, how your Holy Spirit is still alive and well and working through us today, Lord. If we would just be still and we would just make ourselves available to you, Lord God, how you can work mightily through us just the same way you worked mightily through Peter and Stephen and some of the other disciples who followed after you, Lord God. I pray that we would follow after you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, Lord God. That you would help us, that you would empower us with our parenting, Lord God. That our homes would be filled with your Holy Spirit. Our lives would be filled with your Holy Spirit. And that everything we do and say 
will glorify you, Lord God, and especially that you will be glorified through our parenting. Lord, fill us today with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tune in next time as we continue through the Never Alone Bible study, parenting, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast. Keep tuning in each week to get encouragement to confidently disciple your kids in everyday life.